0: The five-star zone with Rico Beard and Howard
1: Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the five-star zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith, as we get ready for this holiday season. Bowl games getting ready to come up. Uh, you know, some sad news in the world of college football also just happened earlier this morning. We'll touch upon that a little bit later. But Howard, we are gonna start off the gate. Um Purdue, we asked last week, will Purdue swing for the fences and get that big-name coach, that coach that, you know, let's face it, fans want to feel good and be like, yeah, you know, my dad can beat up your dad, that type of mentality. They got uh, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator from Illinois. Probably not a lot of people out of the Big Ten even know who he is. What can you tell us about Coach Walters? Was this, you know, was this a good hire for Purdue or, you know, E- elaborate, tell the people, because I was just like, huh, I thought Purdue was going to go and maybe try to see what big name coach was out there. But I guess they see something in coach Walters that they said, he's our guy.
0: I, I got to tell you, his, uh, you know, what he's been able to do the last couple of years for for the Illinois defense has been really remarkable. Uh, and you talk with guys around the conference, other coaches uh, that have to prepare for his defenses. They, they will tell you that, you know, they are the real deal. And, his defense is real. And, you know, you talk about a guy that was, you know, up for the Broyles Award. So obviously considered one of the best assistant, young assistants. You got, he's an assistant, but he's also a young assistant, right? Uh, that really did a tremendous job uh, with that Illinois defense. And I, it only takes you a few minutes to sit down with him. And you'll, you know, you'll know right away that he is, he's on his way. His path is to be a, a head coach, and it's going to happen relatively quickly. For Purdue's side of it, they must have seen something, right? And what's been really ailing Purdue a little bit is the offensive side. So for me, I, would, I was a little shocked that they went that direction because offense had been so prevalent there. Right. So it leads me to believe that he really did a good job uh, in his interview uh, and through that process. And whatever staff, you know, they always ask you, well, who are you thinking about bringing? They, they want to know that. Or who are you thinking about retaining? In this case, if you're thinking about keeping uh, the other Brom uh, on staff, so I think he really convinced them that you know he was obviously the right guy for the job, but also convinced them that offensively he knew exactly what he wants to do, knows exactly what he wants to do, and has the right person that's going to keep those butts in the seat for Purdue. because I'm going to tell you what they, what Brom was able to do over the last couple of years, the, the environment of Purdue football has been off the charts, like. I haven't seen it in a a very long time since probably going back to the the late Drew Brees' time there and Kyle Wharton's time there as well, where they were just able to pack the house the way they've been able to do the last couple of years.
1: Uh, Howard, that's what I was thinking. And because Purdue has played basically the equivalent of, of basketball on grass. Yeah. It was fun. It was entertaining, yeah. and even when they weren't winning a bunch of games, it was still fun to watch. When you would see the Bells and the Mo- Rondell Moores. and you're just like, "Wow, how did they find this guy?" And you know, it, it's always just a fun watch. Yeah. And I, I gotta think because I see, I thought that uh, Brian Brom was gonna go with his brother mm-hmm. and head down to Louisville. But I, I'm I'm hoping he can keep him there because I don't know if you could sell this Purdue fan base, you know, slow, methodical, grind it out football. We're going to just run the ball about 50 times a game and you need to be happy with that. It works. I mean, Michigan's done it. They've gone back to the playoffs, back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Illinois did it this year where they just, you know, they weren't a flashy team. They just ran the ball. But Purdue is, they're known for fireworks and I can't see. I, I, I mean, is is it Brom? Is is Brian Brom stand? Do we know this or I'm trying yeah, to think? I don't know be the
0: Brian Brom would have hoped that he had gotten the job, right? I think that was you know the number one thing on his mind, trying to to get the job and being able to do the kind of job that his brother has done. And you know, I call the Brahms, You know, that's kind of the second coming of the Joe Tiller. Uh, phase or error because what they did was really neutralize a lot of the talent, they probably took it a step further um, by what they were able to do. And, you know, you hope that Purdue is going to stay in that mold, but, but you don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. He has an introductory press conference tomorrow, so that may be able to shed a little light on the offensive philosophy he, pr- he plans on bringing or keeping in Westlaw.
1: Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, when you look at this, it was just. I was just shocked. I I didn't think that they would fill it that quickly. I did think that there was going to be some type of a, I don't know, a national search, some of these, you know, the big names out there. But, nah, I mean, if you see what you like, I guess yeah. you just go ahead and grab it. As you stated, young coach. Uh, and, honestly, it's good to see another brother getting an- another head coaching job in the Big Ten in yeah. college football. So, you know, you know him better than I do, Howard. You've seen him, so I. Hey. Yeah, he's a heck of a
0: coach. I mean, he is a heck of a coach. When you talk about being able to communicate and being able to teach, because I think that's one of the challenges uh, that coaches have, or young coaches that are, you know, on the fast pace, that, that would like to be on the fast play pace. It's one thing to be able to get up on the grease board uh, and be able to, you know, diagram all these these plays and formations and what we're going to do this, that, and the other. But the, the key, and I think they will all tell you this, the elite ones, being able to communicate and be able to get the young people to buy into what it is that, that you're asking them to do. And sometimes you have to you have to teach different players in different ways. So right. his ability to coordinate that defense uh, really you know showed his style of coaching. And watching him, I mean, he does a great job. And, and Bill was one of those guys uh, as a head coach. He's not getting involved in the offense and defense. He's letting those guys coach. If they, if there's a mistake or something he says he needs to do, he'll jump in. But other than that, Bill is kind of laid back until special teams rolls around uh, and just really going around and working the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and now can is, is he, you know, a great recruiter? Like I said, I don't know a ton about him, but like can he walk into a kid's house and convince this kid – you need to follow me to Purdue. We're going to get to not just Rose Bowls. And, you know, we're going to get national championships. We're going to go back to Indy. You know, what kind of recruiter is he?
0: You know, I, I think, first of all, I think what he needs to do and what I, I hope to hear tomorrow uh, in the press conference is, is that, you know, this this is a big, that we're a developmental program. You know, we're not going to be able to go out and be able to, to stockpile four and five stars on a consistent basis. It's just not who Purdue has been historically. So I don't expect that part of it to change. But they're going to have to build. They're going to have to continue to recruit. And, you know, one thing that, that was really going for Purdue at this particular moment with Brown with being there is that they were able to throw it all over the lot. So they were getting all kind of guys who wanted to transfer her in
1: yeah. and be a
0: part of that, Charlie Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the challenge is, you know, he I know he can recruit. I know he can connect uh, with players. That's going to be the biggest key. Because, look, to me, they have some wonderful facilities there. Um, you know, they're just going to have to start getting the players in there that they need. And the defense is where they made some some real improvements on that side under Ron English. Uh, they started to really start to get things going. Now, they would give up yardage, but that's just par for the course It's going to happen sometimes. But they were starting to get some, some really talented players in there.
1: Now, I guess this is one where – do you think that the fans can be realistic? Because, man, when you come in there, and if he comes in there tomorrow, Howard, and says, you know, this is going to be a developmental thing, we're going to get players, we're going to get them NFL ready, but, I mean, fans want you to go out and get the top. They, every every fan base wants to sign the top 200 players right. and get them all on their team. Even though it's an 85-man scholarship roster limit, they want 200 right. players. And you get all of them. Right, and, and every transfer portal player, too. And it's like... Yeah. Do you lose connection with the fans? Does it automatically tick them off to know that, well, you know what, you're automatically saying we're not going after these five-star kids, or do you kind of have to placate to the fan base?
0: No, I think one of the things that happens, listen, it depends on your style, the type of head coach you are and what type of program you, you want to put on or put out there. Now, I can tell you, Michigan State and Michigan are going after four and five stars all day long. they've got the recruiters that can go get that with the inroads to be able to do it. And they've proven that they can get those players in to those schools. Purdue is different, right? Purdue is, you know, some of the guys that they've come up with, if you look back through their history, a lot of those guys are Indiana players and they were, you know, one of the best players in Indiana, if not the best and chose to go to Purdue. So I think it's still a fact that you have to to go out and develop it because that's who they are. You have to, uh, uh, you know, if the coach says that's what we are, then that's what we are. I mean, look at what Nebraska did, and I think it started with with their with their athletic director coming out saying we are a developmental program. Yeah. Would not Matt Rule come back after as soon as he stepped up? We're a developmental program. We're going to continue to develop. <laughs> yeah, you look, you know, at Luke Bickle at you know Wisconsin. He said, hey, we are the developmental program. Yeah, they're going to go out and try to recruit the best, but this is what we do, and we know who we are. So I think the fans are going to continue to be excited until they you know, see what's happening on the field. Because, look, it took some time to build that crowd and build that fan base to where it was uh, this last year. And it wasn't just, I think, about the product that they were putting on the field. I think entertainment-wise, they did an amazing job, too, of just entertaining the fans once they came in. I could, you know, it's it's crazy for television, but it's really, you know, to to be in an atmosphere where if you score a touchdown and they turn you're playing at night and they turn the lights on and off and they're blinking. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy atmosphere.
1: Right. and You know what? Here's the thing. I normally say a blackout does not look great on TV because if 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 you're not scoring, it looks like an empty stadium. Uh-huh. But because they're so exciting and because they always have the big plays and touchdown. You're right. It was one of the few places where this actually works. Like, yeah. I, yeah, it 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 is. I've seen it, and you're you're right. This is that that's down there at Ross A Stadium is 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 man. It, it can get loud. It can get electric, and he's got to keep that fun going. I yeah, I don't but, think that he can walk oh, in there and say oh. we're gonna run the ball fifty times because I would be in the back of the room going like this, like no no you're going to lose everybody they rather hear developmental program than we're just going to grind this thing out so let let's I, i'm anxious to see what Purdue football is going to be about uh but yeah they they're bringing in their coach and Ryan Walters defensive coordinator from Illinois now the new head coach of Purdue we'll we'll hear what he has to say tomorrow but it's just i mean wow we went from last year Bringing back every head coach to the Big Ten to this year, you need a scorecard. I mean, when they have media day, it's like, uh, wait, okay, again, yeah, I forgot you were new, you're new, and you're new as well. So, but now here's the funny thing, Howard, <clears throat> and and this this is I, this wasn't even on the agenda for today, but mm-hmm. since we're talking coaches and you know and the fan bases. It's it's funny because I'm watching firsthand of a fan base that's just kind of turning on their coach where it was, you know, about a year ago to date Mel Tucker could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. To now I mean fans are just all over him. I mean is it is it just as simple as winning and you keep people quiet or because I I've I've never seen a fan base flip like everything that they loved about him, now they're like, "Oh, well, you're out here posing with cars and doing all of this stuff." And you know, he's like, "I didn't, I didn't ask for any of this stuff. You guys just kind of brought this on me, and now you're faulting me for going out there trying to get stuff." I mean, is this, is this, is it as simple as just he just has to go out there and win? And these are just fans who are upset because they're not in the bowl game.
0: Well, I think one thing that happens, right? You you think back to the success that they had a year ago. So you, you, sometimes you fall victim to your success. And, and that's clearly, you know, what has happened there because the expectations were so high. And, oh, by the way, it doesn't help that the team down the road yeah. <laughs> is, is, is making its second straight appearance yeah. in, in the playoffs. So, you know, the pressure is always going to be there. It, it really is. I and mean, when you have some success, it's, a, it's about trying to duplicate it and trying to build that roster as fast as you can. But, you know, we're, fans are what they are. You know, they, they've got opinions, and when they get upset about something, they're going to nitpick and do all the things that, that everyone else is uh, complaining about because they're looking around and they're seeing some success that other programs are having. like, well, we should be doing that. We did this last year. We right. did this three years ago, and why can't we do the same thing? And this whole thing, man, you know, Right now, it's always been win at all costs, but I think not win at all costs, but it's just about winning. Yeah, And I think fans and and even for that matter, you know, people that that have an opportunity to have a spot, whether it's radio and television, there's certain expectations that they expect out of their head football coach. And people just think that, oh, okay, you can flip a switch and you can change everything right away. And, And that's really not the reality of how, you know, programs (laughs) run. I don't care how successful you want
1: to be. No, it's funny. Howard is funny because once again, right here in, in, in the belly of the beast for seven years, it was, you slowly felt it building up with Jim Harbaugh. Uh What are we paying him all of this money for? We can't even beat Ohio state. We're not Mm -hmm. doing anything. We're not even beating Michigan state. And now all of a sudden like that, poof, gone. It really, it took it t- I mean, and that was
0: last last offseason was tough for him, obviously. Right. You know, going back and forth with the whole Minnesota and what was happening there. But you go back the, the year before, you're right. You know, people talk about fire this dude.
1: Oh, there was, was a was a make or I mean, last about, year he took a pay cut. Yes. Last year I I thought was a make or break year where yeah. you know what, we didn't want to go ahead and fire you in the pandemic, but you come out here and you're subpar. Yeah. We got to let you go. He took the pay cut. Like I said, it all was lined up. He bet on, you know, you hear athletes say, I'm going to bet on myself. He bet on himself and he won. And yeah. now you're right. Now, now, you know what? You brought that up. He says no, but do you think there's NFL interest for him? Do you think that he's put that all behind him? Or is it, you know what? I'm, I'm still going to weigh my options.
0: Well, let me be clear. I think... NFL franchises have a lot of interest in Harbaugh. I, I, no doubt about that. I, I think one of the things last year was you know that was rough on him, right. So I, I think it's probably out of his system. And now that he's put two years together where he's you know going to make a run at, at a playoff and a national championship, I think he's probably settled in to you know okay, I'm having fun because it. Three years ago, he wasn't having fun. Certainly no. didn't look like it, right? No, he's a but different man. The last man. couple of years, and I, I go back the last couple of media days as well, he's having fun. He's engaging. He is He's doing what I just described, what I described earlier about Brett Bielema just letting his guys coach. That's what he's doing now. He's letting his guys coach. He only steps in when he needs to. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at it's about coaching the coaches. you got to do that. But it's about, you know, being able to, to be able to walk around, be able to touch every player and be able to press all the right buttons. And, and that's what he's doing. I mean, it, it's amazing that you can go from, well, we need to run him out of town to now. This, this guy is still a hot name in, in football. And I think there will always be, will always be uh, franchises, NFL franchises that are going to be interested in what he brings to the table. But
1: I don't. I, I think it's out of him at least for now. See, I didn't know because I'm like, is it out of him or was it just, you know what? If the right amount of money comes up, especially depends on what Michigan does. If Michigan wins a national title, then that's a check mark. You could say, okay, well, I've done that mm-hmm. because the reason why I say that is because I still think that he's made no bones about it. He comes from a very competitive family. And you know, as much as he's done around the Thanksgiving Day table, his brother, Mm -hmm. John Harbaugh, polishes his Super Bowl ring and then says, excuse me, as he reaches across the table, can you pass me the mashed potatoes as that Uh ring glistens in his face? Harbaugh didn't get that ring. As a matter of fact, they played each other. So you know that, I just wonder if that still is like, you know what? He beat me in the Super Bowl, got that ring. I want one of those too. Yeah, I can see
0: it still. I can see it still being a, a, a spot in his mind or a place in his heart. But I think he's got things rolling right now in Michigan, and it would it probably be a different thing if they didn't have the success they had right. this year. But now he's put it. He's put two years like this together. No telling what's going to happen uh, this in this playoff cycle um, with Michigan. But if, if they run the table here, oh my word! I mean he name his price.
1: He right? can. and, 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 and... Be,
0: He is without a doubt going to be one of the, the highest paid um, head coaches in, in, in all of football. And Warner emmanuel is not going to have an uh, issue with making that happen, no, right? So no. he just needs to go out and continue to, uh, you know, just be who he is. And, and, and it's funny because this time of the year, you know, I always laugh because you see all the coaches on their official visits. And, and one thing, you can always count on Harbaugh. And he's got this thing figured out. He connects with families. But have you noticed that he makes sure he always takes his shoes off when he walks in everybody else's house? Some <laughs> people don't do that. It's the little things now. It's the little things <laughs> well, that, you, that I pay attention to. But I'm gonna tell you you're not gonna find Harbaugh in anybody's house with his shoes
1: on. Not anymore. I'm <laughs> right. sure you've heard that story, right? When he walked in uh, the pleats. Yeah. And and mama was like, Oh no, you not. And <laughs> Right, he That's learned. He learned play. his lesson. We now, don't take it for one time, right? Right, one time. And, and 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 please, before people start saying I'm trying to run him off, I'm not because if I'm Jim Harbaugh, you're bringing back JJ, you're bringing back Donovan Edwards, man. man. Yeah. I, because here's the thing: I like Blake Corm. I think Edwards could be even better. I think cool. Edwards may actually get his way into New York on the Heisman ballot if he continues, he stays healthy, and he keeps doing what he's doing because not only can he run the ball, he's got that home run speed and he catches it out the backfield. That's where TCU is going to have a problem, I think, when they when and in, in, in the playoffs. So yeah, knowing what you know that coming back along with members of that offensive line, yeah, I it would have to be a top dollar type thing for him to leave Michigan. So let me just put that out there. I would I think he would be crazy to leave, but I just wonder if he still has that itch, only because his brother has one. Yeah. That's the only yeah. reason why I would say that.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's fair. That's fair to ask that question. I'm sure he, he he'll continue to get that question. But man, he's got things rolling. As you just mentioned, what he has coming back, and I think one of the things he's also done is there was a time when you know talk about the you, you're the quarterback whisperer, but you can't recruit a quarterback. Yeah, you're having to go into the portal. You are having guys transfer. You know, now he's got a five star that you know, other quarterbacks around the country are looking at. Oh, well, wait a minute, man. yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing with these quarterbacks. He's getting cool offense and defense coordinators know what they're doing. I, that's why I said, I mean, he has done he has done a masterful job of, of getting his team to respond to me. It's, it's not about winning the game, but the way they respond in second half second halves of games is huge. And, and just what he has going on right now has just been huge for Michigan, and I'm sure he doesn't want to get off the train just yet.
1: Yeah. But now, speaking of somebody who who did get off the train, and, and I'm, I'm going to change up a little bit, Howard, because I thought that the college football playoff and now with the expansion coming up would eliminate something that is kind of stuck under the radar. Players oh. would option out of bowl games. And I would understand, okay, you're a high NFL draft pick and you're playing in the Peach Bowl. or You're playing in this bowl game. You don't want to get hurt. I mean, uh, uh, the Michigan tight, Jake Butt, Mm -hmm. gets hurt in a bowl game. It, It cost him millions in his career in the NFL. He's doing fine on the Big Ten Network now, but he was one of the best tight ends in the game. He played against Florida State in that bowl game. And he was never the same. So I understand. But now it's like, okay, you're trying to win a championship for your team. I'm still scratching my head. I, I, I'm waiting for the 30 for 30 on what happened with Jackson Smith and then Jigba this year. Because I don't think that Ryan Day or Ohio State knows what happened with him. I mean, did he just opt out the season for draft pick? Is this kid just like got the worst injury ever because they got a second chance? Mm-hmm. You know, some people are like they shouldn't be there. They're in the college football playoff. They're going to take on Georgia. They could use him in that game, and he just comes out and says, nah, I'm done. I'm going off to the NFL. I thought that's what the playoffs and the expansion was supposed to prevent this, Howard.
0: Well, look, look, to be fair, right, he's been injured and re-injured during the year. It would, For me, it would be one thing if he had been able to play and been able to contribute this year and then all of a sudden said, You know, I'm not playing this game. I'm going to get ready for the NFL. Right. To me, this situation is different because he's been banged up and he hasn't been able to contribute to the team the way the team would have liked and I'm sure the way he would have liked as well. So I I get some of the criticism that's out there uh, about, okay, well, people are saying he's healthy. I I don't think so. I I don't – they are so competitive over there at Ohio State, um, and there's there's so much accountability uh, inside, and I'm talking about the players, that, that I don't think that he would do that to his teammates if he truly was healthy. That's why I think he's banged up, but that's been the challenge, right? right. If, if you're not healthy, you're trying to weigh, all right, do I go out here and try to compete for this national title or do I get ready because I'm, I'm still not going to be able to, to help the team, and I haven't helped them to this point. So it's probably better that I just move on so I'm not taking those reps away from some of the other receivers. And he's taking reps, and then all of a sudden he's not able to go in the game. So as much as everybody wants to see him out there, I think both sides are probably better off uh, with him deciding to to make that next step and get prepared for the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest mystery was we never really— Knew what was going on yeah. in Ohio State. I mean, Ryan Day kind of made it sound like he didn't know or he was just keeping the secret. So, yeah, it's like you didn't see him in a cast. Like, like, you knew. Like, Blake Corum, you saw you saw the injury. And, okay, I get it. He's done. But it was just always that big cloud over. And I guess you also got to look at what, you know, what, uh, what was it? Joey Bosa did when he mm-hmm. got injured and was like, yeah, guys, I'm not coming back. Um, yeah, can't do it. He's I, just, I'm a buck out forever.
0: But be too bad. Yeah, um, we thought he could even get better rehab in another location in San Diego. So that's what he decided to do. But I, I'll say this: um, Rondell Moore had you know some similar issues and similar questions surrounding him when he was at Purdue. And I think one of the the, the good things, one of the things you have to do is as, as a coach, is you the, the player has to know that he can trust you. I don't know, again, I don't know what was going on with either one of those guys outside of they're not 100%. And I think it's part of the coach's job is to, you know, say, okay, well, if he's not 100%, then then he can't go. And so he shouldn't necessarily put out his business. We got HIPAA laws and things like that about the injuries. But we've seen hamstrings, you know, hurt people, you know, from week to week and not be able to go. And if he thought he was ready – in the hamstring, he, he tweaked it again and wasn't able to go, then, you know, you're just going to have to sit down and, and yeah. shut him down and let him get ready for for the NFL draft. And I thought Brom took a lot of heat sometimes, and, you know, he just – he always stood up for his players. They were banged up. Rondell, he can't go. Not 100% can't go. And he, that was his message, and that's what he stuck to. Uh yeah. So, you know, sometimes as, as the head coach, you just have to – to side with the player and try to move on, move forward. For Howe State, luckily for them, you know, they probably got the best player, one of the best players in college football.
1: Who's a little <laughs> upset because he was not the Belitnikoff winner. I, yeah. I mean, he I don't know if you saw, he took to social media that yeah. night as he was practicing, like, well... I guess I'm going to have to show him. I'm like, man, this, this is how like origin stories happen in, like, in in comic book movies right there. Like, okay, uh-huh. that was that moment that the supervillain became the supervillain because yeah. he got rejected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I do want to end it with this. I mean, it was a very sad note in college football this morning. Mike Leach, uh, Mississippi State head coach, uh, died. Sounds like he died of a heart attack. Um, it was kind of, just all of a sudden, you know, next yeah. thing you know, you're hearing he got airlifted to the hospital. He was texting people saying he wasn't feeling well and he passed away this morning. And, and I guess the biggest thing that, the biggest impact to me that he left on college football was the offense that he brought in with the air raid. Because we talked about Purdue and them hiring their new coach. Yeah. He was the one, he was one of the people who made football fun again because mm-hmm. it used to be three yards in a cloud of dust. And he was like, whoa. Yeah. What if I put like five, four and five receivers out here and stretch you all out and make you have to cover all of these guys? I don't Mm -hmm. think you got enough corners to cover all of my receivers. We're just going to go ahead and throw the ball deep and we're going to make this game fun. And for that, I I think I I speak for me and and the rest of the college. We are eternally grateful, Mike Leach, for bringing fun and enjoyment and all of this stuff that you did to college football.
0: Yeah, and think about it this way, too. I mean, I, for the fan bases, for his fan bases where he was coaching, he put him in the seats, right, because yeah. he, that's what you want to see. Fans want to see the ball being thrown all over, touchdowns. That's what they want to see, big numbers. And he was able to do that. So, you know, he was one of the innovators, you know, of you know college athletics. And now we're seeing so much now how the college game has spread to the NFL, uh, and he probably gets a little bit of that credit. And I was going through some of his stuff, and I think about some of the names from his coaching tree, his coaching tree. Yeah. Lincoln Riley, Dave Aranda, Sonny Cumbie, Pogerson, yeah. Seth <laughs> on the Trail, Art Briles, Yeah. <laughs> Josh Heupel, Sonny Dykes.
1: Yeah. I mean. They're, they're, me, me, no, no, yeah. you're right. There's There's a, a bunch of names of people that came from him. And the other thing that I love about Leach, he was an entertainer. He knew how to give the quote of the century, whether it was on Halloween candy or whether it was on, you know, wedding etiquette. It, he mm-hmm. got it. It wasn't because, unfortunately, you know, Howard, you know, it's, a lot of coaches, it feels like all they know is football and that's yeah. it. Don't ask me anything outside of football because all you're going to get is just a blank stare. Mm-hmm. He got it. He was fun. He was entertaining. You always loved all of his stuff because He would just have some fun with you. It wasn't demeaning, but he was just like, you know, he would just turn around and ask the reporters questions. Like, no, no, no. So what are you you passing out for Halloween? I I remember watching that interview like, huh. And and then he started ranking the order of of candy bars. Like, you normally don't get that from a head coach. It's just, you know, our offense and our defense, and we played hard and we played tough, so... Yeah, that personality, that, that personality is going to be missed as well as as the air raid offense. Right? It,
0: it really showed through, and you, you mentioned you know some of the quote unquote you know quotes that he would come up with, and, and some of the sayings, and and then you, could, you start to read about him, you know, dude was a lawyer. Yes, yeah.
1: it, I, okay. I did not funny. know that. <laughs> you know, I, right. I didn't I know that till know. this morning. I was like, wait, he was a, he had a law degree?
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. If people would say, you know, hey. A lot of times, you know, he's the smartest guy in the room but never needed to prove it. He just wanted to have good conversation, and the conversation was really something that had nothing to do with football. You want to talk football, we can do that some other time. Now you want to talk about some of these other things, we can have an enjoyable evening. So, you know, guys like that, they'll always be missing. I I think as you continue to see, you know, the outpouring, uh, the condolences, the things that are coming in for him you try to get an idea and a sense if you didn't get a chance to meet him meet him which I didn't uh just what type of person he was it just wasn't uh this one second or these 10 second sound bites right. you know he he really you know cared for his players and cared for his coaches
1: now he did uh cuz it's funny I, I mean I don't know how much interaction you've ever had with Tom Izzo but he is the same he <laughs> would talk to you about anything else like you would love him Howard because yeah. he wants to talk football yeah, ask him about basketball and he'll be like yeah you know what whatever you talk to him about football or something about the UP or something like that, uh-huh. boom, eyes will oh, light well. up. And yeah, like,
0: yeah. told me, I, I told the uh, coaches uh, one day we were uh, we were doing one of the shows, a tailgate show or something. He was on set because, you know, he anytime it's football being discussed, yep. he's showing up. He doesn't even have to be invited. He's just coming over because he knows he has a standing, you know, invitation. Mm-hmm. I said, Coach, uh, I need to come see practice. I want to see how you work things. He's like, yeah, come in these hands. So I, I didn't go that season. I see him next year. He's like, I thought you were coming to practice. When did you come to practice? So, you know, I, I, I'm going to make a practice, coach.
1: I'm going to get there. Okay, and Howard, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, because he, he told me that once and I showed up. <clears throat> um, The practice is the same practice as if you were there or not there. And then he looks at me and was like, so what are you thinking? I'm like, ah, He's just like. Is this? You know, he's just ripping this guy like right, and I'm like, I, I, my name is Bennett, and I'm sure. not in think. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to have some fun with him, the next time you guys are up here, and, and I promise you, sit back, grab a box of popcorn, and just relax. Just ask him, hey, Coach, when are you gonna finally get a Twitter account? <laughs> Watch his head explode. I'll just oh. leave it at that. That that is right there. One of the worst things that he hates, and, and I pro- just make sure you got about thirty minutes to an hour because he is just going to tell you everything. Who told you about that? Just have some fun with it. Sit back and enjoy it, Howard. That's all oh, I got to say. You do. You you you're welcome, <laughs> uh, Howard. You got anything else, man?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know it's exciting time. You know what I'm interested in, actually. I'm going to try to make this happen for myself, really, and then I can bring it back to the viewers. But now you have Illinois um, getting prepared for a bowl game without their defensive coordinator. Well, they'll have them. I'm sure he'll try to do both. Um, but you have Purdue preparing. You know, they've got a, a new head coach. You've got Wisconsin, new head coach. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing some of these programs and just how they're interacting and how this transition is taking place because we really don't get a chance to see a lot of that so I wanna um you know take a make a trip to some of these programs and see just how that's going on and you know how the players and, and other coaches that may not be uh retained are, are working in that type of environment.
1: Hey, hey, you know what? You I would love to hear that as well, Howard. You got the magic key. You, <laughs> you got that BTN pass. You just walk up, <laughs> HG, let me in. I'm here, let me in. Well wow. you can't
0: come in today. It's closed to the media. Uh we're your partner.
1: Right. See, I show up and security. (laughs) (laughs) He's back. (laughs) So, yeah, Howard, looking forward to that. All right. Um, We'll be back again later on this week. Great show, Howard. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Keep subscribing. Keep liking. Keep telling your friends. Uh, We'll be back later on this week with another edition of the Five Star Zone.